Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here to get right into it today. I'm discussing a movie I was excited to watch due to the trailer that was released for this movie about a month and a half ago. The movie I'm going to be talking about today is Marlowe, based on old noir books that were written in the mid-1900s about private eye detective Philip Marlowe. This movie stars Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, an actor who has, in the last decade, made many an action movie. which relegates him to portray the same character over and over and over again. Marlowe, I thought, was going to be a departure from that due to the simple fact that he had to play a gumshoe, a private eye, uh, with a noir narrative based in... 1930s LA let me read you guys the synopsis of Marlowe so that you know what the uh, the foundation here is Marlowe a gripping noir crime thriller set in the late 1930s Los Angeles centers around a streetwise down-on-his-luck detective Philip Marlowe, played by Liam Neeson, was hired to find the ex-lover of a glamorous heiress, played by Diane Kruger, daughter of a well-known movie star, played by Jessica Lange. The disappearance unearths a web of lies, and soon Marlowe is involved in a dangerous, deadly investigation where everyone involved has something to hide. Facts first. Ryan Tomato says, as of right now, with 63 critic reviews, it is sitting at a 24% as per the critics, with 100 plus verified audience ratings, it is sitting at a 40%. You ask yourselves, geez, this movie must really be bad. This is my point of view on the movie. My point of view is that this movie that was just released on February 15th uh, with an hour and 50 minute runtime, you ever hear anybody tell you it's a movie? It's exactly that. Um, it's a movie. Um, oh, man. Let me begin. The first half an hour of the movie, first of all, felt rushed. 
I didn't understand why the pacing was the way that it was. Liam Neeson wasn't necessarily a bad Philip Marlowe, but the reality of the situation is, due to the fact that he's done so many movies in the last decade, in the kin to of Taken and things of that nature, I can't help but biasly see him as just Liam Neeson playing Liam Neeson or playing a version of that particular character. And he didn't do bad in this film per se, but he didn't he didn't make it believable. Folks, I will say this, there was no level of verisimilitude in this movie as per it pertains to the story, right? Visually speaking, I think the movie was really well shot. I think that the the sound design was really well put together around the movie uh, within the audio effects. How the actor sounded and the buzz of Los Angeles in the late 1930s, right? The thing outside of the, like I said, the rushed pacing of the first half an hour of the movie. And then within that first half an hour, there was a fight scene that felt so very out of place within that first half an hour. Or should I say within the first 15 minutes? That first fight scene felt so out of place it just came out of nowhere it just didn't make sense to what was going on in the movie narratively at that point in time so that's one right and then two decent movies good movies they make you feel something Uh, if the story is gripping and if it's really really good it, it has you at the edge of your seat this movie didn't have that at all from beginning to end the action scenes due to Mr. Uh, Liam Neeson's advanced age not great right Um, the gunplay like the effects they didn't work well the story or the plot device that was used which was supposed to make us believe that defect that detective private eye Philip Marlowe was down on his luck never made its presence felt in this film at all the repetition of certain lines in the movie that was overplayed the weirdness of uh, so Liam Neeson's character Philip Marlowe had this interaction uh, with one of the characters who was like the he ran this private club 
right? And this particular character, like I said, it was weird because he spoke in this rhythmic cadence, but yet it was so awkward. It wasn't necessarily cool. It was off-putting. I just didn't understand why the dialogue was so off between those two characters. Which leads me to say the following. The writing in this movie was bad. The dialogue in this movie with the level of talent that you had was bad. Very talented actors and actresses in this movie. And it just seemed like they were grabbing a paycheck. And that to me always makes for a bad movie. This is one of those movies. I'll say this. I'm, I, I've said this before where I say most films should be seen in a movie theater. This is a movie, folks. This reminds me of one of those 1980s, 1990s straight to VHS films. This is this is below streaming quality films. You know why? Because the streamers pay good money and actually release good films onto their services. This is below that. The director and writer of this film, Neil Jordan, bruh, I don't even know what you were thinking. It, it, how the screenplay got even made is beyond me. It was not an enjoyable film at all. It, like I said, it didn't make me feel anything good or bad. I was just indifferent watching the entire film. Like I followed along with the story and then I was like, well, okay, random character inserted here. What does he have to do? How does he tie in? Okay, so he ties in here. Cool. Where's the character we're looking for? Character we're looking for doesn't appear until the tail end of the movie. And then he gets killed anyways. And then the tie-in between the young lady who hired Philip Marlowe for his services. And her, let's say not so great relationship with her mother who was this grand actress at that point in time in her career in her uh, in that time period supposedly the mother always wanted what the daughter wanted that was what the mother perceived then the, the daughter perceived that the mother always wanted what the daughter wanted or the daughter wanted what the mother I don't know whatever vice versa right and you didn't get the the tie-in or you didn't get it looped up by the end of the film the the lady who hired Philip Marlowe to find this man uh, Nico Anderson I think that was the name of the guy right let's call him Nico for now 
she ends up killing the dude. At the end of the day, the the, the storyline goes that he was trying to. Uh, he had all this information to blackmail uh, this financial advisor that the young lady had. The financial advisor was the financial advisor of her mother, helped control all the money that the family had, the business dealings and everything else in between. And also the man, it was alluded to in the movie, it was never necessarily seen, but it was alluded to this financial guy of the family seemed to be a stepfather-like figure to the younger lady, but he also had a more what seemed to be intimate relationship with her as well which yeah whatever at the end of the day I thought it was just a hodgepodge different things like the intent was there to make a good movie it just didn't come together well at all um when the different characters were introduced throughout the movie in different set pieces and different scenes just so you can get a feel for who the characters were a lot of the time it just it fell flat it fell flat and that sucks man because I was really I really like my noir and then the end over the, the narration and I love that feel. It didn't give me the noir crime mystery feel. I was literally watching this movie thinking, where's the darkness? Where's the seediness? Where's the private eye having to freaking dig through garbage and like go through secret files and you know stuff like that they didn't get any of that <laughs> like he broke into people's houses everything was done by force there was no necessary uh, I mean necessarily there wasn't any stealth there wasn't any real skill used uh, to his being a private eye I, I guess you can you can uh, you can attest that to his being down on his luck. I I, I don't know. It just didn't it didn't work, man. It did not work. And uh, L.A. was bright. The color palette that was used was a very light colored, bright colored color palette throughout the movie. There was no. Up until, I want to say the end, where dark colors were really used, where there was a, where there was maybe a little bit of a sense of seediness. Everything else was bright and light colored because it was between L.A. and Mexico. And yeah, they they couldn't even get that down right. Oh my God, the score. First of all, there was barely a score. And when they did use a semblance of score, it was short and it didn't build towards anything. 
I, I, I don't even know what to do with this. I was so looking forward to this movie. Because I finally thought and figured Liam Neeson something different. And I just thought it was Liam Neeson playing Liam Neeson trying to be a 1930s private eye. Which just, it didn't hit folks. It didn't hit. So for all that um, Rotten Tomatoes has <laughs> for this. Yeah, man. The low scores are deserved. So I wanted to point this out. And I'm going to give this particular uh, uh, positive review a shout out here. Jeffrey M. Anderson from Common Sense Media. He says that uh, where is his review here? So, is it any good? He says, while the mystery here may disappoint Raymond Chandler fans, Raymond Chandler is the is the gentleman who wrote the series of Philip Marlowe books. The rest of this well-crafted, crafted, sorry, well-crafted detective movie enthralls with its stylish, sordid underworld and fresh take on a classic character. Like I said before, folks, art is subjective. I understand the stylish part. There was no sordid underworld. It That, that lasted about five to ten minutes in a movie that was an hour and fifty minutes long fresh take on a classic character eesh I don't know about that uh, he says he goes on to say uh, veteran director Neil uh, uh, Neil Jordan directs Marlowe and his high level of skill is immediately apparent in his decades long career Jordan has proven to be most at home with crime stories like this in the classic Mona Lisa. He's also worked with Liam Neeson several times, including on the biopic Michael Collins. Between them, there's hardly a misstep here, with Neeson finding Marlowe's complex moral center, as well as his dry charm. And the catch is that this isn't a classic detective story like The Big Sleep. There isn't really any aha moment in which everything becomes clear. Marlowe is a He's more of a cynical, subversive story, like Robert Altman's grungy version of Chandler's The Long Goodbye, using its familiar setting, familiar setting, and characters to uncover hypocrisy, greed, and immorality. It can feel like a bit of a drag, but the point is not to wallow in nostalgia, but rather to suggest that the good old days weren't necessarily good. I love folks who try to find the silver lining in everything. I can appreciate them. I really, really can. The reality of the situation is he even says it 
in his review, it can feel like a bit of a drag. This movie was a drag. And it says, the point is not to wallow in nostalgia. It is 2023. We have the technology, the budgets in production, and highly skilled actors to pull off, as he stated, fresh new takes on classic characters. We got dry takes. That's my opinion. Right? We got a real dry take here of something that could have been much more subversive. You could have felt way more of the cynicism. And it just didn't it didn't come off to me. So I respectfully uh, disagree here with uh, Mr. Jeffrey Anderson. And I wanted to read that to you guys because that was that was a positive review. You know, high like I said before, high in production values, true. Like I said, I thought the movie was very well shot. It was well edited. Uh, the sound design for the overall audio landscape of the film was really very well put together. The score didn't hit. The music wasn't um, much. It wasn't very distinctive, right? They didn't even play the music of the times that much to to build on that necessarily throughout the film. Yeah, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It uh, it just left me asking why necessarily. Um, like I said, I respect no, 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 no. Let me put this right out there. I accept any other person's review and view. Respecting it is something else altogether. Because sometimes it's like, did we watch the same film? <laughs> it's all about perspective, folks. Anyways. Yeah. Marlo ain't it, folks. Marlo ain't it. I am not gonna sit here and tell you guys to watch it wait for this to come on TV don't even bother streaming it forget digital wait for it to come on like TNT or TBS or something because it ain't worth it man. it really ain't worth it uh, thank god this was my uh like fifth movie in the month of February so my AMC A-list came in handy here um, but yeah folks I really usually don't like to put films down but this didn't hit on any 
on any level. Um, because the film is films are usually about the story, and the story itself was just like I said, the pacing was off, and certain things didn't tie together and didn't get tied up at the end, and yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Anyways. That is the end of my review of Marlowe. Folks, if you don't know, I am John L., your friendly neighborhood moviegoer, and I review movies on a weekly basis because I love to spend my free time at the movie theater. Next week, I'm looking at some some indie films and some lesser uh, promoted films uh, I'll be going to the Angelica Film Center to watch Return to Soul which is a Sony Classics uh, film that's being distributed and I will also be watching a film called Emily I believe that's the name of the film yes Emily so I'll be watching that in the coming week hopefully I'll find some decent times to watch those two films and then after that we'll be walking into the month of March in the month of March folks it's a stacked month for movies there's a lot to watch in the month of March so we're going to be pretty busy here in the uh, in the YFNMG community, so stay tuned and keep yours keep those ears to the ground because your favorite moviegoer and the most friendly one that you know will be back in action from week to week, giving you guys my point of view as to what's going on with these movies. But until next time, folks, thank you for listening. I appreciate you all, as always, across the globe. Thank you very much. I have to work on getting the comments sections across the different podcasting services um, working because I don't know what the feedback is. I just know necessarily that people are listening. So... I gotta work on that. Get this to be a little bit more interactive. I'll uh, get back to you guys on on that next week as I continue to build and expand and evolve with the podcast. Be good, folks. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. And uh, stay safe out there. Until next time. Peace.